1: Welcome to the Plus 6 Podcast. My name is Pete by the name of AFR Ratings Pete on Twitter. Welcome to a very special guest on the podcast. Uh, welcome, Aaron Bryans. Thanks for having me, Pete. Okay, we just did the Adelaide podcast, so we're moving on to Port Adelaide. So we'll, what are your thoughts on Port Adelaide? Are they a contending team this year?
0: I think they might be, yeah. History actually favours Port Adelaide. I know everyone looks at last season and says... You know, they completely dropped the ball a bit, the 0-5 and five start. They had a lot of injuries, and then they actually looked quite good on the back end, but it was too little too late. And everyone was up and about about Ken Hinkley's job and whether or not he should be moved on. But Port Adelaide were a goal away from making a grand final. They probably would have won against Brisbane in 2020. That was their year, and Richmond unfortunately got them at the back end. And, and then 2021, they again make a prelim and drop the ball. But it's hard to make a grand final. It's hard to win them. Um, I think Port have been around the mark for a while. And and to me, this is the last roll of the dice. I I think you've got the likes of Charlie Dixon, Travis Boak, uh, who are going to possibly move on, Tom Jonas as well, and Ken Hinckley, who's in his last year. But this could be the the core of Port Adelaide's last hurrah. And that doesn't mean they'll drop off the map because their young core is very good. But they're going to go all out, I think, to try and win it.
1: Excellent. We'll get stuck into some fantasy talk there. So we are talking AFL fantasy season-long classic mode. This discussion is a pre-season Port Adelaide podcast. This podcast is being recorded on Wednesday afternoon, February 8th. And, of course, the news is being crushed out for you on the AFL Ratings Network. The content is free. Likes and retweets are always appreciated. Again, make necessary adjustments as news comes to hand. Okay, Aaron, let's get stuck into it. We've got a group of players here for fantasy discussion, uh, Port Adelaide, let's go. Dan Houston, halfback role, how is his season outlook going?
0: Yeah, really funny one, Dan Houston. A couple of years ago, or even last year, we spoke to Chris Davies, the head of football on the show, and, and he was adamant that Dan Houston at his best is could be an all-Australian midfielder. Uh, they, they really wanted to inject minutes into him, and they kept trying to do that across the last couple of seasons. But I think the experiment is over. I mean, there's just so many names they need to fit in there now that, Mm-hmm. that Dan's probably going to play half-back, and at times we saw him go half-forward. Again, I think that's done. I think that the depth across all the lines means he now moves to a mainstay back six, um, probably as their general, which is good. You we know, yes. will burst off the half-back and, and get some plus sixes, but when you're priced at 92, and a lot of those came from you know high-disposal games where he's running through the middle, I'm, I'm not sure if he hits
1: those heights again. Um, so, maybe not worth the investment in Classic. Next one here, Kane Farrell. A uh, bit of defence half-back role. Is any potential to start in fantasy this season?
0: Yeah, yeah. So, I think um, between Kane Farrell and, and Xavier Dersma, both of those guys are in line to replace Carl Amon's role as more of that outside midfielder, which really worked for him last season. He got a ton of touches. I think Farrell's. Behind in that pecking order, though. Priced at 67, he's a mid only, so really awkward range, low upside. You know, he will get a run on the
1: wing at times and probably come off the bench throughout the season, kick a couple of goals, but
0: Xavier Dersma is ahead of him.
1: Excellent, and that's the next one we've got on our list here Xavier Dersma. So he was assessed for a concussion or a hit there a couple of weeks ago. I presume he's okay, but yeah, um, obviously injury impacted uh, in his. Career recently, so I, as far as I watched him in a, a um, press a few weeks ago, and he looks very committed and very like he's really eager to put a good season together. So um, this is certainly one player I'm looking at. So I'm keen to hear your thoughts.
0: Yeah, this is Xavier's year to be honest. It's right there for the taking. I think he's had a really good leader, um, no serious injuries where in the past he's had a, a lot of problems, but. Yeah, this year he's had a clean run in. He's priced at 55, which seems incredibly low for a player that's probably going to be 70 plus. Um, his career best was 78. So really, if he is getting a starting wing role that rotates into the midfield, he could push 80 to 90. And mm-hmm. I haven't been able to fit him in yet, but I really want to. I think this is the guy that is about to, to take that next step. And um, he's a low draft pick for a reason They've just been waiting for him to finally achieve that And we've seen glimpses And,
1: and this year is it's his opportunity to, to actually reach those goals Next one here, Josh Sin So injury impact at pre-season It doesn't sound like he's going to get to, to the line at round one But I think we'll see him move into the team at some stage And, and I'm projecting a wing-type role Your thoughts there?
0: Yeah, early downgrade target for sure, Josh Sin, He he won't make it to round one. He, uh, Connor Rosy we spoke to him on SA S.O. Grandstand a couple of weekends ago. Um, I, he basically said that Sin is probably going to be ready to play the practice matches in a couple of weeks, but with such a short lead-in off abdominal surgery, which is always touchy, I don't think they'll risk it for someone so young. But he's a bit of a bull, isn't he? He's a, he's a mm. big kid, and he can find the footy, and he plays hard. So I can't see him staying out of the side for long. Eventually he will break in, which... You know, for a guy priced at 26, I think is an easy downgrade option come, you know, round five or six or whatever. But
1: um, I wouldn't be starting with him. Excellent. Okay, next one, we'll group a couple here together. So it's Zach Butters and Connor Rosie. your thoughts there?
0: Yeah, they're very similar players and obviously very close in price as well. So Butters, I mean, I'll start by saying both of these guys are starting inside the midfield round one. It's going to be Wines, Butters, and Rosie. And that's your three They will play heavy minutes in there. Um, obviously they will rotate forward at times just because of the way the group is, is. you know, Horn francis is going to get midfield minutes as well, which again doesn't help their case but I think they're still going to be a good 70-80% in there it's, it's going to be enough to justify both of their prices, so Bud has averaged 107 in his last five and is priced at 86 and the only reason he's priced that low is because he had some significant injuries across the campaign, which meant some low scores, but He's so easily a 95 plus player. He averaged 22 touches last year. He's going to be more than a 25 plus. He did that eight times last year. So I think that's going to be his base rate of a 25 and maybe four tackles player. So Butters is an easy get. Rosie is the same, you know, a permanent mid who can average 100. He was 102 post by, 108 last five. He's got probably a slightly higher ceiling, which is why I've picked him ahead of Butters in my team at the moment. Uh, I just think he finds the ball a bit more. He's a bit more polished um, and can score a bit better. So even when he does go forward, he can get a couple of goals. So he's priced at 86. It's it's an absolute toss of the coin. I don't think you can go wrong with either. And to be honest, uh, if it wasn't for Dunkley and Taranto, I'd be trying to get both of them in. Um, If you can do it and have four premium forwards without, you know, costing yourself around the rest of the team, it's it's not a bad shout, because both of these guys are, are instant value.
1: Excellent stuff there, quite bullish there indeed. Okay, the next one here, Travis Bow, being a mainstay for most of his career as an inside mid- midfielder, can we see him play a little bit forward this year?
0: Yeah, he'll play heavily forward, so... It's a funny one. Like, I wouldn't recommend getting him in classic because, you know, priced at 95, it's going to be hard to average 100 for a bloke that's going to be 70, 30 forward mid. But in draft, you know, he's, he's going to get that DPP status. And he's 34 years of age and, and likely in his last campaign, even though he probably has more to give. But he won their time trial at, at the age of 34. Like, mm-hmm. he's still in career best form, as we've seen over the past couple of years. He, he got better with age. So... The only reason he's been kicked out is put Adelaide just need to invest in the future. And Horn Francis, Rosie and Butters and Wines are, are going to be that core force. So he'll get in there at times. But I think he's going back to the role we saw him around the high 20-year-old mark where he was that path forward. And as a result, he won't make 95, so I wouldn't be getting him.
1: Next one here, Ollie Wine. So this is an interrupted preseason, so this is one to watch out for for those interested in Wines. Just your thoughts on where he is at. I'm expecting him to get to the line at round one. Your thoughts?
0: Yeah, I think he plays round one, but I personally this is just the way I go about fantasy, but I don't like investing in guys that haven't had good lead-ins. I, I tend to think that results in underperformance until they finally find their feet. Um, but... He's got a really high upside, Ollie Wines. So uh, priced at 98, a career high of 112. Um, I spoke a bit about on the Adelaide podcast how there is a spreadsheet floating around about the the formula that calculates upside for the season, and wines would only need to average 107 to be a worthwhile pick. And I, I think he can do that quite comfortably. So maybe he's you know an early upgrade after you know the first month. I'm just not sure when you've had knee surgery in the off season. You're only just coming back to contact training this week. Mm. That is going to be at his best
1: early on. Next one here, Jason the Horn francis So number one draft pick, uh, spends one year at the Kangaroos, then moves across. So the big question here here is uh, what sort of midfield usage are we going to get out of him?
0: I think he's first in. So he probably starts half forward, which already, I mean, at North Melbourne in his first year averaged 62. Like That's a really good start um, for a guy that can rack up disposals and tackles. If he's first in in a Port Adelaide side that likes to share the ball a fair bit, he could be an 80-plus player quite easily. Um, it just depends how much or how long he's in there for. We, we've talked about how many names would like to get a crack at it. But, um, yeah, Connor Rosie. we spoke to him the other day. And from what I'm hearing inside of the camp, is you know they're very impressed by what he's been able to do. He, he's come straight to SA. Obviously had a little bit of an injury concern, and then as soon as his campaign got underway, he's put everything out there to really prove why he was worth the investment. So he's going to get a lot of time, and priced at 62,
1: you probably can't go wrong there. Excellent. Last one here for Port Adelaide. So Scott Ly said, I'm presuming we're going to see a solo ruck situation. Unfortunately. Jeremy Finlayson goes down with an injury, so it's going to be interrupted there as well. So what sort of ruck setup are Port Adelaide going to have?
0: Yeah, I think Scott Lysett's definitely the, the locked number one ruck, and I think he even would have been had Jeremy Finlayson not been injured. Uh, they, they obviously trialled it when Lysett had the injury interrupted year last season, and it worked in terms of them winning clearances, but didn't really help them around the ground. So I think Scott Lysett is their guy. Just has a low ceiling, that's the problem. I like, Finlay sent out with the syndesmosis. His wife's unfortunately battling cancer as well, so we, yeah. we probably won't see a lot of him through the year. Sam Hayes, I think, is done. He just showed that he's not versatile around the ground and is low in the pecking order. Yeah. Can win a lot of hitouts, but didn't really impress in the couple of games he got. And Brent Eagles more of a project player. Like played a quarter, was very exciting before the injury, but um, you know he's just a kid. So I think Scott Lysett has that role locked away. The issue is, you know, injury discount at, at a seventy price is better like a really good value when his career high is 84. So he's worth getting because he'll make a little bit of money, but he's got a really low ceiling. He's not the guy you'd want there at the end of the year. So he could be a safe pick at the start of the year for maybe a month, make a little bit of cash, and then you move him on. But, I mean, to me, Scott Lush is more of a draft guy, someone that you know you can play at R2 in
1: your league if you've got enough spaces for him. Excellent. Well, thank you very much for uh, joining us on the Plus 6 podcast for Port Adelaide Chat. So where can the listeners find you?
0: Uh, They can find me at Aaron Bryans on Twitter. Uh, We have uh, the SA Grandstand show every Saturday at 11 as well with Andrew Capel and Scott Camparelli. There's a a link on the ABC Adelaide website for that as well, and you can hear it on the Listen app across the country. You can hear me calling on the ABC Listen app as well. Uh, I'll call every Adelaide and Port Adelaide game here in South Australia and a couple as well around the States. But... I'm really excited for this year. I think both South Australian clubs are, are going to have some sort of an impact and certainly be more competitive than they were last year, So and Gather around as well. It's going to be a lot
1: of fun. So, uh, yeah, stay tuned to ABC because we'll have a lot of content available for you. Very much looking forward to it. So, Aaron, thank you very much for joining us on the podcast.
0: Thanks for having me, Pete.